Welcome to Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports, episode 107. Welcome to Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports with your host, Rob Elwood. Join us as we open the door and take an unforgettable journey to unlock the full power of sports on and off the field. Listen to personal stories and reflections from incredible leaders who are sure to move and inspire you. So listen and enjoy another episode of Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports. Then it hits me. I get up and I end up getting stitches in like seven different places after that fight around both eyes, inside of my lip and mouth, on my chin, like two on my head. But uh, yeah, just getting up after I finished them and walking away, it was just like, it was all worth it. All that pain, all that adversity, all the tears, all the getting the fight taken away, getting the loser's paycheck, getting the loss on the record, losing the feel like all of that was just, it was just so worth it. I mean, that's what it was all about. You know, all that adversity was about that moment. Okay, who are you, Nation? I am extremely honored to introduce our special guest today, Stefan Bonner. Stefan, are you ready to put your game face on and join our team? Um, what team is that? I didn't hear anything about a team. I thought it was an interview. <laughs> Well, we are a team here at Who Are You Nation, and of course, that does mean that you're joining our interview. So as long as you're ready, we'll get started. Ready. <laughs> Sounds good. Stefan, please take a moment and introduce yourself and tell Who Are You Nation what you're doing right now. Oh, right now. Uh, in life, well, I'm retired from fighting, was doing that an awful long time into day trading and um yeah like dirt biking still going to the gym helping all you guys get ready got a baby a bunch of pets that's me very cool so that was a lot in one sentence but so a baby and a bunch of pets what kind of pets do you have um dogs and cats nice nice sounds like a lively household for sure Yeah, it is. So a lot of our listeners, Stefan, and we have had a lot of different guests on here, and I find your interview to be highly unique because we have never had somebody from sort of the martial arts background or UFC fighting, ultimate fight uh, background. Can you, I know this sounds strange, but a lot of our listeners may not even know really what that means. Can you define, one, what is UFC ultimate fighting? Uh, and, and, and also, how does one get involved well, you, uh, you know, UFC is mixed martial arts um, at the highest level. So, you know, all the martial arts that are out there, choose your favorite moves, and voila, you are free to do them inside the octagon. And most fighters have wrestling backgrounds, and then, um, you know, but, uh, you know, you got your other guys, more than the European guys, they have the striking backgrounds, some are in the wrestle, but now it's Sports truly evolves. Everyone's good at everything, and everyone has good cardio. And, uh, you know, when I first started, it was like guys were primarily, you know, one discipline, either strikers or grapplers. And, you know, a lot of them, you could uh, exploit the conditioning aspect of it, too. But now it's it's, it's gotten a lot tougher. And, uh, yeah, I did it 12 years and uh, had a good run in the UFC, fought all the best guys, and in the world and uh yeah it's something to be proud of for sure 
for sure. And we'll dive deep a little bit into that because I'm curious what was involved and what entailed that. But first, Stefan, I'd like to always like to start off our interview to get to know you a little bit better about a quote or a motivational and inspirational saying that you've had that's meant a lot to you in your life and journey so far. All right. E. Cummins once said just uh, to be no one but yourself in a world that tries to make you just like everybody else. You to fight as great as battlers, to fight and never stop fighting. So pretty much follow your heart. How did that apply? When you say follow your heart, is that something that you remind yourself as you went up the ranks in the UFC professional fighting? Or how did that resonate in your life? Well, yeah, ever since little kid, I was fascinated with like Bruce Lee and martial arts and, um, you know, started wrestling at a young age and taekwondo at a young age and just uh, pretty much went with it, you know. I wanted to be a big, strong ninja. And, and um, yeah, that was my, yeah, it's my heart told me to do it, and I did it. Very cool. Well, do us a favor. We're going to go back when you're growing up. You're 8, 10, 12 years old, somewhere in that range. I'm a friend of yours, just to paint the picture. I come over to your house. We're hanging out at your house and then maybe going out in the backyard and and doing what kids do and having some fun and sports especially. Paint that picture for us. What was it like back then? Oh, boy, let's see. I think I was about 8 years old. Uh, It was Christmas and... uh, (laughs) I'm the youngest of three boys, so uh, I think that was a Christmas. My pops got us three pairs of boxing gloves, and uh, yeah, that was a rough uh, Christmas break for me. Pretty much got beat up every day, but uh, yeah, that's what made me tough. Like, that was my motivation. I had two older brothers, and that were you know just better than me at everything and baseball and football and. And, uh, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. And, and I always like, you know, I'll just work hard and do martial arts. And one of these days I'll kick their ass. So, <laughs> did it ever you come? Have, did, you did, have your baseball and football. <laughs> did it ever come to that in the family as everybody got older? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, my oldest brother is four years older than me, and then my little brother two years older than me. But it was like a freshman in high school when my oldest brother uh, came at me, and I, uh, yeah, I beat his ass, and <laughs> I just got his back and choked him out. I didn't even know what I was doing then. I wrestled a little, but I didn't know submissions. And uh, but my uh, the mid my middle brother, who was like the big bad middle linebacker toughest kid in the school. That took a while. It wasn't until I was a junior in college. I was home on Christmas break. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he came after me. All right. Uh, yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> and, um, but you know, both of those beatdowns I gave them really, uh, did wonders for our relationship. It's like, uh, I got respect after that. And, you know, he's treated me different ever since, you know, especially my, my middle brother who, junior in college I beat him up I mean, it was the last time he tried to fight me and like trust me like we shared a room so like he whooped my ass <laughs> hundreds of times so yep, of course. after that it did really um, it really fixed things he says violence doesn't solve anything <laughs> well I'm going to keep that story away from my younger brother as I've had a great success against him over the years I am an older gentleman now but uh, I don't want him sneak attacking me by any by any means and uh, taking the best uh. <laughs> well he, he owes you one 
<laughs> Definitely. So growing up, did you have a job? What, what, and if so, what was it sort of at the young age, high school age or below? Man, well, I always worked. I had my first paper out when I think I was like in third grade. And, uh, then I got a job, I think it was 14 at the donut shop. My friend's, uh, family owned. So leading up at the donut shop and worked there a couple of years, 16 Duke of oil. Um, then gave that up. That was four twenty-five an hour for hex landscaping, six bucks an hour. Wow. That was a crap job, though. Like fourteen-hour days in the hot sun, and yeah. Um, then uh, I think not too long after that, I graduated high school. Got my roadway job, and that was a great job. Yeah, it was like fourteen seventy an hour, and uh, loading uh, trailer. You know, uh, loading and unloading semi-trailers with forklifts and by hand. Um, and I kept that job through college. And then during college, I'd train people, personal training. Then when I was home over the summer, I'd go back to Roadway. And then after I graduated college, I was training people downtown and, you know, doing jiu-jitsu tournaments and Golden Gloves tournaments and just getting my uh, feet wet in MMA. And, uh, you know, I thought, hey, I'll do it for a little challenge. And one thing led to another. And, Got chosen for season one, the Ultimate Fighter, and yeah, and the last uh, eight years is nine years or so. Been all about the UFC. Yeah, it's very cool. It's funny you say paper route. I've interviewed so many people on this show, Stefan, and and I swear there's a common theme between those who have paper routes and those who have gone off and had uh, successful athletic careers. It's it's truly amazing. So I I don't know if there's scientific studies behind this, but you're you're fitting right in right now. <laughs> uh, That's it is. It is the donut shop, Duke of Oil. It's such neat stuff, and and I always like to say, and the reason why I ask this question is, there's so many different things you learn, whether it's good or bad. Like you mentioned, being out in the hot sun for 14 days, but sure, you know, it made you tough and made you realize and respect probably other people that do it, and uh, gives you just a better perspective of what it is like to work. So that's why I asked that question, Stefan. Yep, learn the value of the dollar. Always. So when did it click? I mean, it sounds like you had this in you. You said you're a Bruce Lee fan and the martial arts, but when did it click that you knew, and maybe this goes back to your brothers, but when did, when did you know you had sort of a certain uh, athletic ability, I'm going to say, and a mental toughness that, hey, I'm going to keep doing this and, and I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take this on and go, go as far as I can go. Was there a certain moment? Well, that's the thing. I never really, you know, I never really did, like, growing up, even, like, through high school and, you know, wrestling and all that. Like, uh, I I never was that good. <laughs> you know, it's never like, I couldn't even qualify for state in Indiana my senior year, you know. And, uh, you know, then you, you win state in high school, you go on to college, and college, everyone's a state champ, and to win the national champs in college, you, like you got to be on another level so like that's the level i was on but i just you know just did it as a hobby i kept working out and kept training and kept getting better and kept you know wasn't like i was a great wrestler or great this or that i just was pretty good at everything and um had a good chin good heart so yeah no it was something i did i'm in my early 20s i'm like still filling out really late bloomer and uh yeah, then it was like, huh, I'm doing this jiu-jitsu and boxing, and I grew up doing taekwondo and wrestling, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a four-man tournament in my hometown, and 
yeah, maybe I could give it a shot. You know, I don't want to get my ass kicked in front of my friends and family in my hometown. So that's great motivation to train as hard as I can just to do it as a challenge to myself and, you know, see if I could do it. And I cut the weight for that fight and, uh, you know, to make 205. And after, when I was done, I threw my plastic suit away because that was just a one-time thing I was doing, you know. I was going to do it again. And, uh, you know, I ended up winning those two fights. And then, well, I'll just take it from here. And then, no, oh, I'll do the Gold Gloves tournament. And I'll just train really hard. And, and yeah, I just kept taking it one fight at a time. And I found out about the Ultimate Fighter reality show. And it was like, uh, yeah, well, you know, these guys are probably pretty awesome. And we get my ass kicked. But, I'll just do my best. Mm-hmm. And that's all I ever said. I'll just do my best. And, uh, yeah, I went to the show and just doing your best was enough to win a contract and, uh, really blow up the sport of MMA. Um, uh, yeah, with the ultimate fighter season one, me and Forrest Griffin had a great fight and it really like, uh, the numbers on TV, like spiked, like, from God, like one and a half million to ten million, which is just huge, and really the sport caught fire after that. So it's kind of you know cool to be part of history, and really it was it just came down to that. I'll just do my best, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just growing up was really slow and weak, and um, yeah, I couldn't hold my brother's jock straps, but just kept the hard work and loving martial arts and just doing it because I loved it, and just deciding to challenge myself once and she's trying to challenge myself again no this MMA isn't too bad I did all these taekwondo rub matches wrestling matches boxing matches jiu-jitsu matches you know it's say a fight's a fight now I just put everything together mm-hmm. and uh yeah just go and do your best and that was good enough and I respect that response so here's a question I'm curious on and listen I'm an athlete a lot of our listeners are athletes Again, this is a different sport for many of us. It's it you know new in the grand scheme of things. If we're talking about the major sports and in American sports and internationally, so I, I ask this question with a lot of respect, of course. But what what does it take? I mean, it sounds like you started to grow into yourself. You definitely had some athletic talent, but there is an entire, if I had to guess, mental aspect to this competition. And what does that take? Because how many people are out there right now saying, gosh, I wish I was Stefan Bonner. I want to be in the UFC or the MMA and all that good stuff. But they're just, they're, they just don't have a chance. And so what's the difference between those who make it and those who don't? I don't know. Some guys make it because they're, you know, really gifted and fast and, and you know, great at, like, you know, Olympic-level athletes and all that. Um, it is just different for everyone, you know. And what worked for me was... Uh, it's just fighting just really kind of aggressively. And, um, yeah, that's the only way I knew how. I was always tough. Like I said, I knew how it was to get beat up. I knew how it was to not be the champ, but to be the best, be the one out there beating everyone. So, like, so many fights, I'd lose the first round, but I'd never get discouraged, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and yeah, as long as you keep trying and hang in there, uh, you really can't lose. So, yeah. That's uh, my biggest piece of advice. You just keep trying your hardest. You can't lose, you know? Yeah. Show up every day and try your hardest, like no matter what you do in life. You know, I'm, I'm learning to trade now. and Boy, that could be frustrating. But man, he's showing up every morning and learning. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's not about making money. Exactly. And fighting too, you know? It's like you know, it's so many times 
in the jiu-jitsu school or in the boxing school or whatever. You, you get the guys, really good uh, athletes come in there and they're the oldest brothers. They're used to winning. They're used to being in charge and they come and get their ass handed to them. You don't see them for a while. Whereas, you know, the guy who's in there gets beat up and comes right back the next day. Like, he, he, he's he's going to go a lot farther, you know. It's like half of it. You know, it's uh, it's it's not easy when things are are not going your way. You know, when you go out there and you know get whooped up all over the ring for a round to get up off your stool the next round and come out and take the fight over and steal it. And and that's always been me when I was little too. And wrestling, you know, I'm just uh, more of a slow twitch kind of guy. So I feel like the guy would be so strong in that first round, but by the third round, I'd be stronger than him. So I knew that was a strength of mine, and I, I mean, that was kind of the reason I fought the way I did, because I knew, you know, the longer I could just hold this pace, like, you know, the, the better I'm going to feel in the third round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it makes a lot of sense, and I appreciate your perspective. And it leads us into a good question about challenging moments. And it sounds like you had an incredible career, but like everything in life and in sports and, and whatever we're trying to accomplish, challenges come. So my question for you is, uh, Stefan, is as we face tough choices every day in our personalized or professionalized, but especially for this interview professionally. Could you share a story with us where you had to make an extremely difficult choice, might have been very risky at the time, but ultimately ended up being the right choice? And what did you learn from that? Uh, let's take you back to the pair of fights I had with Christoph. Yeah. Um, just a good story uh, about adversity. So, yeah, we were in Australia. Um, geez, when was that, 2010-11? And, um, yeah, we fought down there. And, uh, anyways, it was uh, a couple days before the fight, like my last day of training, I actually uh, kicked my training partner's elbow and broke a little bone in my foot. And it was like swung up like a football. And, uh, you know, what can you do then? You already scheduled the fight. You just got to suck it up and go in there. So go in the fight with a broken foot, and uh, first punch he threw when the bell rang was just, uh, he came out with an outside low kick and then wound up and just swung as hard as he could and just crushed my nose. So it's like bell rings, and uh, within a few seconds, yeah, I got a broken nose, and I'm on a broken foot. Then I went to kick him with my other, my good foot, and I kicked him on the knee really hard. I ended up breaking that, too. Um and uh, that hurt and swelled up. So I just I remember being on the stool after the first round, you know, sucking down blood and having a broken nose and two broken feet and thinking, you know, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good way to start the fight, you know. Probably right. didn't get that round. But, uh went out in the second round and even with that much adversity, started uh Started fighting better, started coming back, and and had a much better round that round, that that second round, and and felt I won it, and felt I was taking the fight over. And um, yeah, just like I said, like uh, first round when we first clinched up, he felt so strong, and by the end of the second round, we had clinched up again, and I felt it like, haha, I'm getting stronger, he's getting weaker, and and I'm. Before the third round, I was like, yeah, I'm taking this fight over. I could feel it. I'm just going to pour it out of this round. And then third round came out, and we started going at it again. And we had a cl- inadvertent clash of heads. And uh, 
you know, there's some rules, and you have sin, you're not allowed to headbutt. You know, an accidental headbutt would be like a accidental foul, and, you know, be in no contest. So I dropped him, and he pop up really quick. I feel the blood come, and I touch it. I point to the ref. I say, headbutt, headbutt. And he actually had the nerve to say, like, no, it wasn't. Keep fighting. Like, uh, like, like, um, I'm making this up or something. I don't know how he didn't see it. He's right in front of it. Our heads smack into each other. Like, the announcer sees it. They're playing on the replay. Everyone in the, the arena sees it, and the ref's the only one who blows the call. I feel like I'm in a pro wrestling match where the referee turns around, and you get hit over the head with a chair. And uh, I couldn't believe it, so I kept fighting, kept fighting. And then it was just like someone turned the faucet on. It was just pouring out, pouring out. So... Uh, they stopped the fight to check out the cut. The doctor waves uh, waves it off. There's only a couple minutes left in the third round. I mean, the three round fights, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, three five minute rounds. And you know, I've come this far. I'm taking the fight over. Like just you know, let me finish the fight, even though it's bleeding like that. Uh, wouldn't let me finish. And since the referee blew the call and said it wasn't a headbutt, like he was awarded the victory. And you know, athletic commission 7,000 miles away. I tried to appeal it and all that. I didn't get anywhere. So it's like attained a loss on my record. I didn't lose. And don't forget, when you lose, you get your paycheck cut in half, you know? Mm-hmm. You always get X amount of dollars to show and, and X amount of dollars to win. It's double that. So it's like, you know, I trained like four months so hard for that and like just so many sacrifices and, and tried my hardest and things weren't going my way and all that adversity... And I still, you know, uh, not a happy ending. I was crushed after that, just devastated, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like <laughs> it's like that was taken away from me. You know, I felt like someone stole something from me. And um was just crushed. And uh, so, but, you know, Dana White, president of the UFC, he saw what happened. He's a fair guy. He's like, you guys... You guys could rematch, and uh, rematch was in Vegas a couple months later, and uh, yeah, that fight went out there, and I fought even harder that fight. Like first round came out, made sure, you know, I think he caught on the gate, but we just we had a great brawl, and uh, you know, the first round ended, and I'm like, geez, I feel like I had a good round. I feel like I won that round, but like my face was a mess. I was cut. I was bleeding from all over, you know, and when you bleed like that. Uh, a lot of times the referee, you don't get the round, you know, because you're, you're a body So, right. sitting on my stool after this round thinking, like, son of a bitch, like, <laughs> you know, they're probably going to give him that round. And, you know, what could I do? It's like, it just felt like just so much adversity. And, um, you know, all you could do is bite down and go back out and even give him more hell. And stuck around, the bell rings, I go back out and just pour it on and give them more hell. I end up uh, landing some good ones on him and then uh, took him down. He got up and with a crushing name and finished him off. And then, then it hits me. I get up and I end up getting stitches in like seven different places after that fight around both eyes, inside of my lip and mouth, bob my chin, like two on my head. But uh, yeah, just getting up after I finished him and walking away, it was just like... It was all worth it. All that pain, all that adversity, all the tears, all the getting the fight taken away, getting the loser's paycheck, getting the loss on the record, losing the feel like all of that was just, it was just so worth it. I mean, that's what it was all about, you know, all that adversity was about that moment. Yeah. 
No, what a what a candid story there, and very much appreciate your view on it and how you bounce back and the sort of the drive you had thereafter uh, coming back from Australia and then fighting in Vegas. It does I can completely understand you know that letdown and then the ability to come back at all costs, so to say, and and win must have felt very special. No, so I appreciate how how candid you were with that with that story. I gotta ask as I'm listening to you, and I say this with no judgment at all because I respect all athletes. I do not care what it is they're doing, from cricket to golf to bowling to football to you know MMA. It really doesn't matter to me. It takes a lot of guts and glory to get to that level. But right now, you know, we probably have a few listeners out there, parents that are going, oh my goodness, like what, what is this sport? You know, this guy's talking about blood and he's talking about some stitches in seven different places. And hey, listen, that's, um, you know, that's part of what you do professionally. Uh, but, but if you were speaking in front of a group of children right now who are sort of interested and maybe let's say the parents were there as well, interested in what you do maybe quite fascinated to the point where they want to get involved and the parents are going, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. I've heard these stories before. Sort of what would be your lesson having been through it and now you're our coach yourself? I mean, just go try it, you know. (laughs) Go give it a try. If you get punched in the face and it's like, oh, screw this. (laughs) Don't do it, you know. Right. Yeah. For some reason, you just have have it in you to to I don't know if you I just drawn the track to do it and yeah it was like martial arts like I said I think I'm really convinced it was like you know my my brothers kind of made it uh, I I got you kind of get used to it like adversity or things like that and and like I said the older brother syndrome in the gym you know you could always tell them the guys that don't come back after a bad day you know mm-hmm. and uh, that's half of it you know I mean respect anything you quit in life because of a really bad experience you know uh, it's usually why people do you know they, they try something they don't like it they do really bad you know when then they blow something they quit you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Very fair. Yeah, if you if you never stop trying, you could really never lose. No, it's very fair comment. Very fair, and I appreciate you saying it in that way uh, because I I do like to spread the word to who are you nation that. Uh, we have to respect what people do and not judge. And like you said, if you don't try, you don't know. And who is one to sit out there and judge without it? And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm generalizing. But of course, knowing the audience a little bit, I think we have a lot of people really fired up about listening to you speak right now. And some people probably going, oh my goodness, like I said before. But hey, that's life. I'm glad you gave your perspective on it. I have a question for you. You just you just talked about a fight that you had that was very emotional, at least the way you explained it. You're in Australia. It's not the way you wanted it to happen. And, and you felt uh, slighted, so to say, and and then you have the rematch. How, when you're in the ring, having never participated in this sport, so please forgive me, um, I hope this comes across the right way, but how are you able to maintain in such a violent, one would call it on the outside, a violent sport, maintain composure, as we like to say, stay within yourself with the emotion of, you know, this is a fight. Right, because if we get too, I'm guessing, too emotional, it takes us out of our game. We're not staying within ourselves, and if we go outside that plan, it can be the opposite. So, how do you how do you balance that when you're in the heat of the battle? And is it something you're even aware of? Uh, <laughs> geez, um, 
I don't know. It's it's scary. I mean, it's fear. Like fear's a motivator. Uh, like you, you know, you're locked in a cage if someone trying to tear you apart. Your survival instincts really kick in. So, um, yeah. I mean, what <laughs> what could you do? Like freak out? Right. You know, you have someone trying to beat you up. You. I don't know. It's like in the in the midst of all that. The chaos is it's it's kind of like calming in a way. Like you know, you're alone in there. There's no one else who could really help you or or, or help him. And and uh, yeah, all those fans out there, they can't help him either. I mean, everyone, you know, they're introducing you. The cameras and the announcers are in there, and then all of a sudden they're done, and everyone leaves, and the gate closes, and it's just you and him, and it's something like. Uh, you know, when you someone cries wolf all the time, and uh, you know it scares people, and and uh, you know they keep crying, crying wolf, no wolf, no wolf. So finally, it's like ah, the wolf is finally here. It's kind of a relief, you know. You just gotta just go face the wolf now. Like no more crying wolf. He's finally here. It's time to face the music. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. No, I respect that. I respect that for sure. Does the crowd ever play a part? Do you ever hear them? I mean, yeah, kind of like from a third person point of view. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's just chaos in there. And, you know, especially in a grueling fight, it's like you're really not aware of it. Um, until like it gets overwhelming you know it's like when times in the fight you're having a good fight and the crowd's going nuts and all that and it's just normal you know you don't really listen but you know that fight I had with Forrest Griffin like something different happened and it was between the second round like the whole audience really started stomping their feet and screaming so it wasn't just like you know loud noise during the action it's like in between action the silent type of the crowd's usually quiet. They're just screaming on their feet. It feels like an earthquake. And then it, it hit me from kind of like third person. Like, huh, this must be a pretty good fight. <laughs> I like that. No, that's, uh, that's an interesting. I always wonder what's going on in any athlete, uh, especially in the limelight when they're, you know, at that high of a level, sort of what's going on through their mind, in between plays, if we're talking about football, or as you go back to your corner, if we're talking about martial arts or boxing. So it's interesting that you sort of pick up on those things. It seems normal, but uh, you just never know what's going on in the mind of the, the man who's so focused and, as you said, locked in a cage. So it's really interesting you said calming in a way. I always like to speak to people and they speak back to me that, that you're really at your best when you're when you're in the now, so to say, the present moment. And I can't imagine a more present moment than being in that that cage. I mean, there there's no escape, as you said. There's not a lot of time to think. And in a way, being in the present moment, no matter how much adversity we're under, it's sort of enjoyable in a way. And would you relate to that? Um yeah, I mean, you really can't be anywhere else, you know? Yeah. yeah. You uh, have to be totally focused, and you can't think too much. Like, you, it's more kind of reaction, and, and uh, yeah, more than anything. I mean, a little thinking, but, yeah, you, you can't thinking too much. And, and uh, you know, the guy lands something he's setting up, so 
Yeah, it is. Super present moment. Yeah, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future. Sure. So I got to ask this question here. I had a, an NHL hockey player on not too long ago, and he was, we were kind of, we were going down the path of, you know, post game. I was always, I, you know, not playing the sport myself at that level, especially. I said, well, it's, it is at least a nice tradition at the end when, when you give that handshake at the end of the playoffs and they go down the line. And he, he, he returned fire over the airwaves and said, Rob, that's the, that's one of the biggest BSs that there are in hockey. Like we're all just basically, you know, mummering under our breath. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Now, I notice after every, again, I haven't watched that many, but MMA fight, there is that respect afterwards where you go up and you obviously want to congratulate slash at least respect the person with a, either a hug or a handshake or something. How, how real is that? And, and, and what, what does it take if you're on the other end so you're, you're, you've lost to go do that after such emotion has been brought out in you know, X amount of minutes? I don't know. It's, it's kind of easier. It's like when you're a little kid and you you know, get in a fight with someone, then they become your friend. You get the respect afterwards. I at least I do. And and really, it's like the way I look at it. We're all doing the same thing, you know. These guys get to do what I do every day, and you know, sacrifice a lot of things, and diet, and cut a lot of weight, and train their asses off, and you know, so they just like me. You know, it's like we're. I mean, as humans, we're pretty much the same, you know. And then everyone does little niches and they have little differences, but. You know, for all fighters, we're we're really similar. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing the same thing, going through the same kind of sacrifices and all that. And then, too, after you get in there and go at it with someone, and it's just finally over, and you gave it everything you had and made it too, yeah, you respect them. Like it's good fight. You know, it's uh, it's not hard for me. It's not fake, and I uh, I just you know feel like. I already like the person. They kind of like followed them in the same footsteps I did with their life. Sure, sure. I could see that. We're a lot alike. Yeah, more more similar than different. For sure. Well, it's nice to see. It's nice to know, actually. Now, it's an individual sport on the surface. Is there, if I were to say, would you challenge that? Is there teamwork that goes invo- is involved in this? Well, I mean, yeah, you have guys to help you get ready for the fight, or coaches and training partners. So that part, it is. But no, when you get in there, it isn't. It's not like football or basketball. Or someone else could let you down, or someone else could take all the glory. It's or someone else could take away some of the the uh, pressure. Um, no, I mean, it's all on your shoulders. It's really a. It's kind of why I was drawn to it, though. You know. Yeah. Just one-on-one, just you out there. It's like, yeah, you're the team. So, yeah. yeah, when it comes to fight time, when you're in there, that's the beauty of it. Like, yeah, like no one else can influence that or shouldn't be able to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So you're inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame in July. Was that this past July? Yeah. Very neat. Well, first of all, congratulations on that. It sounds like it's a, a quite an achievement. Did you give a speech uh, during that induction ceremony? Yes. Do you mind me asking what were some of the bullet points you touched upon? Because that tends to, in my mind, at least as I watch induction ceremonies for Hall of Fame, really capture in a very emotional yet powerful way of, of what that person's journey was all about. Do you remember some of the points that you mentioned? I pretty much just summed up my life story, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Kind of what I told you, mm-hmm. and then 
Yeah, I talked about like the UFC to me has always been like like wow. Like even when it came out in '93 and it almost it got banned in a bunch of states and then they made a comeback and it really like felt like it was going to fail. But like I always thought like this is something special. Like this is something that's going to catch on. Uh, and I always was a big UFC like animate promoter of it even you know back in the day in high school with those vhs videotapes bringing them over to all my friends house watching making them watch them but i always saw something in it and uh i finally got a chance to to prove it so uh that was pretty much the nature of the speech that my childhood you know my brothers and getting toughened out the hard way and uh you know being attracted to martial arts and not being a gifted athlete but uh uh, it, you know, made it easy to come back every day if things weren't going your way in the gym. And, uh, and then just giving Flores credit. And if there's anyone I, you know, could uh, have that kind of a fight with, I'm glad it was him. Because he's a friend. He's a great guy. You know, I like him. That's really neat to hear. So we're going to head into overtime here and then wrap up the interview. So overtime is what I like to call just quick bunch of questions that I like to have fun with, and hopefully you'll enjoy just the same. And it's a way for our listeners to get a better understanding of you sort of behind the scenes. If it's okay, I'll begin. Yeah. Great. So do you have a habit, and I say a habit in a professional, uh, healthy way, something that you do on a daily basis that contributes to your health or your well-being um, that you could share with Who Are You Nation? No, I just start off the day right. So, uh, yeah, I, <clears throat> yeah, and that, that helps kind of, you know, once you get the day started right. Get up early to trade and then, you know, have breakfast, and it's usually... And if you ever heard of the ultimate meal, it's like you know, a bunch of superfoods like ground up in a can and uh, you mix it with like an apple and banana in a blender. And uh, So that's my breakfast, that little protein, and uh, I have a uh, vegetable juice. So, you know, like I got about a dozen vegetables to the juicer and uh, take that with some chia seeds, it's like good fiber and omega-3, some fish oil, some coconut oil, so yeah, all that with the juice and the ultimate meal, and wow, it's like, that's the way to start your day. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, jeez, you might have start to say Start your sense. day off healthy, and then like, yeah, I usually eat the first couple meals really healthy, and uh, have whatever I want for dinner, <laughs> so that's kind of a good habit to get into. There you go. Sounds like if I'm ever out in Vegas, to, I'm gonna have to make you make one of me one of those concoctions. There sounds delicious and energizing. Well, this one is interesting because whenever I ask somebody, it's usually fictitious most of the time, but uh, it usually has to do with a baseball bat playing for a major league team and what's your walk-up song. But I can skip all that and just say when you entered the ring or entered the arena, what was your favorite song or songs that you would play to sort of get yourself in the right mindset? Uh, I don't know. I just like I really didn't need that. Like more, I was more about like silence, you know. Before I went in there, hmm. um, yeah, I just like the quiet and just to hear my breath and clear the mind. But my walkout song I always use in the UFC was "Eminent Front" by Peter Towns and and uh, Dana White really loved it for me. I like the Hill and Towns and then was raised on them and. Uh, yeah, he just loved that song, and I used it for a walkout. He thought it was the coolest thing ever, and he's like, that is officially your song. So it's all uh, right. Well, uh, it is, it's really cool. It's got a just real cool intro with uh, just, you know, just musical. So it's not even about the words of the whole song. That's the thing about a walkout song. It doesn't have to be a great song. The first minute of it 
mm-hmm. has to be great. That's right. So if that first minute is great, it really doesn't matter how the rest of the song goes. And that one has a really cool intro and lead up crescendo into like the, the main course. So that's right. That's why So I'm guessing then you did not pay too much attention to the uh, opponent's walk up walk in song as well, uh, and there's no sort of intimidation factor there. That's just all about the crowd, or am I wrong? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, it's kind of scary, you know, you walk out song and then his and he gets in there, like I said, a bunch of people are in there and they, uh, they announce you and, uh, everyone clears out and the cage door locks and you look around and there's, you know, blood splatter all over the canvas from the fights earlier in the night and, you know, you could just feel like a opponent across from you just right across the cage, just totally focused on you. You've been doing nothing in the past three, four months, except, you know, training his butt off on how to beat you up. And uh, it's about to get underway. And it's just uh, kind of like, geez, what have I got myself into? <laughs> well, I appreciate how honest you are with this uh, interview. It's uh, I like I like hearing that sort of uh, inner thought. Of course, I know you were ready, but just hearing that, uh, geez, what did I get myself into? I've I've said that enough times in my life, and I'm definitely not locked in a cage with somebody who's been training for three months. So I can only imagine uh, what it felt like on your end. So my next question is is has to do with uh, what your favorite sports movie is. I ask all my guests. I usually ask about a favorite sports movie, but I got to ask you personally. Did did, did you see the movie Warrior? Yeah, I was in it. Really? Yeah, I had a brief cameo. Wow. Well, for our listeners, and I'm one of them who had uh, really, really enjoyed that movie. Do you remember? What was the cameo? Well, it was me and Rashad Evans at the uh, ESPN MMA Live Desk. You know, do analyst work uh, on TV a lot, so um, they used us for that. So they threw it to us at the desk to break down the fights. Nice. Very cool. What did you think of that movie as a whole? Was that a good depiction of what um, sort of the career you followed? I know those those it's Hollywood. I get that part. But with regards to the fighting and sort of how it all went about and the tournament, is that is that pretty realistic for those of, of us I who mean, don't know much about it? For me, I like that wasn't my path, but I overall thought the movie was good because it did kind of bring up the family and, uh, you know, the brothers and the father and the, the problems in the family. And I thought that part was good. You know, that's what most of those uh, martial arts movies lack, something to give it any sort of kind of, you know, backbone or family feel. And, you know, some people identify with it. They usually miss out on that. But they nailed that one. But, uh, yeah, as far as the, the fighting, it's, I mean... The, I thought that some fight scenes were good, but um, just uh, the way they fought, that organization, I mean, it wasn't the UFC, and the UFC is different from that, but mm-hmm. as far as MMA movies go, I'd say it's the best one. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Do you have a favorite sports movie overall that you watched growing up as a kid? Oh, man, Rocky IV, are you kidding me? Oh, uh, isn't it the best? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I still, I, Stephen, I still remember being in a, of course, now a closed down movie theater with my dad and my uncle, and just half the movie, the entire crowd just uh, in the movie theater is chanting USA, USA. <laughs> I'll just never yeah, forget I actually, it. When uh, I cried when Apollo Creed died, I saw it in the theater too. I was probably like nine years old, but yeah. 
when Drago killed him, it just was, you know, yeah, made me cry. Definitely, and then I can, and then thereafter, that look Rocky gives up to Drago, like, all right, it's on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> dramatic how about a book that you're currently reading or recently read that you can recommend to our listeners uh I like travels with charlie by steinbeck you know about a guy just taking his dog on the road and seeing the world a little yeah. uh, good book great story if you have not read that story who are you nation pick up a copy it's a short read but it's a powerful read and uh, it's funny, I actually talked to Stefan before. It's actually the first book I ever received from my father that meant a lot to me that was a real book. And I still have it today, Stefan. And it is. It's a, such a nice book and it keeps you grounded as well and teaches you a lot about what's going on and the dog, the whole bit. So I won't say any more, but Travels with Charlie, great, great book recommendation. So you're the host of the show. I just gave you the microphone. Who would be the first person you'd call and invite to find out the life lessons of sports and why would you invite them? Um, oh boy, living or I would say either or, but living is always helpful. Uh, but either or, either or. Yeah, who would I want on the show? Pick their brain. Yeah, I, I mean, you might as well pick someone like you could really learn a lot from, not just someone you know you admire. So maybe someone like you know, like Gandhi or the Dalai Lama. You know, someone who could offer some insight and. And, you know, open my mind up to stuff. Hey, I'd say someone like that. Someone who would really offer something. Fascinating. Oh, I like that. I like that. That is our first request for the Dalai Lama. So I, I truly appreciate that answer. So uh, do you have a favorite charity or foundation that either you are a part of or you support or recommend for our listeners? They tend to like to check it out and even support sometimes. Yeah, well, I uh, recently helped open this charity Garrett's fight and um, he's a fighter with Down syndrome, a martial artist with Down syndrome down in Florida. So he's trying to, you know, raise money for him to fight and compete and, and do what he loves and, you know, support it if uh, any other kids with uh, that are challenged could, could participate in martial arts, at least see if they like it. You know, this kid he gave it a shot and he loved it. It like made him feel like he belonged to something, you know, he, his dad would, uh, you know, call people up, kind of beg him to get Garrett out of the house and hang out with him. And, and, uh, he, you know, it just wasn't working. And he, dad took him to MMA gym and fell in love with it. And now he, you know, works in the gym, teaches kids classes, plugs memberships. You guys at the gym, take him out. He belongs to something, does something he loves. And, and that's kind of like the lesson of life, you know, like, do what you love and become involved in it. So, right. and that's what he loved martial arts, just like me. So I like started Garrett's fight with his dad to, you know, give kids opportunity to do martial arts that normally wouldn't. I would told they can't do it, or they're to say because of their disability, they're not allowed to. So, um, yeah, you know, they give it a shot and don't like it. That's fine. Try and find something else. If they do, fall in love. I like the support that makes sure they can do. It. Oh, good for you. No, we'll share that in our show notes for sure and appreciate uh, your su support. Uh, yeah, and, uh, website's garrettsfight.org. Say that one more time it. for us, please. Garrettsfight.org. Got it. So 
here's a good question as I'm staring at your, uh, your, your webpage, I was going to ask everybody how we can connect with you if that's okay with you. But as we're, as you answer that question, cause uh, of course you can go to stephanbonner.com. I got to compliment you on this website. I mean, we have various, uh, an array of, <laughs> of, of, of different pictures here. And I got to, did you, did you sort of put all this together? This is really fascinating. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, just a little play on my nickname. Yeah. The American Psycho. So did a little photo shoot that are scenes from the movie pretty much. I love it. I absolutely love it. And and the and the picture of you with the axe in the kitchen, I mean do, do I do I ask, is it is it, I mean is, I'm a little scared to ask the question, but what's what's up with that one? <laughs> I mean that's have you seen the movie? Uh, I have seen the movie. I have seen the movie. It's been a while, though. Yeah, you got to bring me back. So, yeah, that's, he's at his place. He's playing Dire Straits. There's his friend talking about it, Paul. And Paul's really pissing him off. So, you know, while he's talking to him and Paul's back's turned, he puts on the raincoat and pulls out the hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. So again, the movie for our listeners, if they want to check it out, is called American Psycho, correct? Um, yeah, not for the kids, but yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> definitely not for the kids. I watched that about two years ago. I will say I was intrigued by the whole thing, but yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a rated R movie for sure. So Yeah. But well, uh, and yeah, I mean I I got that nickname on the show The Ultimate Fighter, and that was why, like you know, the first week when we got there, uh, just by looking at me, uh, you know, I'm kind of easygoing and, and I don't look like a, a fighter, really. So, um, yeah, I, they were calling me Ivy League, but after training with me and, uh, you know, this is the way I fought and um, everything. Chris Sanford said, you know, it's like a deceptive, you know, you look like, like a psycho. Oh, my God, you're the American psycho. And then it stuck. Everyone Thought it was a funny. Thing <laughs> That's ever. hilarious. That is great. And to film, and I, a, I really didn't like it, but at not, first, but really stuck. And yeah, even before I fought Forrest in the Ultimate Fighter finale, Bruce Buffer asked me before the fight, "How do you want me to introduce you? you know, if any nicknames?" And I said, "No, just Stephen Bonner." And then it was uh, Charles Lewis, aka Mask from Tap Out, the founder of Tap Out really loved that nickname and, and he was interested in sponsoring me. He went to Bruce Buffer and told him to say American Psycho and he didn't and then it stuck from there on out. Well, listen, Stefan, I greatly appreciate it. I do have one last question for you, but I wanted to say thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor and a privilege to speak with you today. You're a very unique guest, and I say that in an extremely positive way, giving us a different perspective of another sport is being introduced to Who Are You Nation, life lessons of sports, and just the, the lessons of discipline and getting over fear and really just staying in the now and, and, and finding out what's important to you are the lessons I heard today, and just be be energized and keep moving forward. So I really appreciate it as do uh, our guests. So Stefan, I want to congratulate you. You've been officially inducted into who are you nation. Welcome to the team that you had no idea you were joining in the beginning. My friend, <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty simple team. There's no practice. There's no nothing. <laughs> yeah. Sounds uh, like my type of work. Exactly. Hey, listen, man, thanks a lot. I really, really appreciate your time. And honestly, thank you for your, for your candid insight. I, it really meant a lot actually. No problem. Thank you. All right. Take care, sir. Until next time. Who are you nation? 